Hi, welcome to this Property Live podcast. My name is Mark Winship. I'm a professional property developer, property coach, and your podcast host. This week, I'm teaming up with the incredible Caroline Claydon to talk about the art of outsourcing. In this episode, we talk about tasks that can be outsourced in life and business, how to recruit and train a great virtual assistant, and how to buy back time in your life by changing your mindset towards routine tasks. It just so happens that Caroline is the queen of outsourcing. So without further ado, let's get right into it. It's a really uh, fun topic to be talking about this afternoon, isn't it? Um, And I think it's a really important one for people to hear about because let's, let's face it, none of us got into this property adventure in order to create a second or third full-time stressful job for ourselves uh and that is possible right that 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 can that can easily happen if you allow yourself to get bogged down in um in working in the business as opposed to on the business yeah so one one of the ways we can we can sort of change our mindset i guess a little bit is with regards outsourcing so i thought you were the perfect person to speak to i know outsourcing is uh a big thing for you so um so yeah maybe just give us a bit of a like background on what what you outsource and uh, and and how you go about doing that well it is a bit of a journey to get to the point where you're comfortable outsourcing i will stress this because i think we are very much as human beings untrusting that anyone else can do as good a job as yourself so when you have built you know a few properties under your belt and you're thinking you know that's uh, that's that's my I've got my babies they're all there um running for me you know it's very easy to get sucked into speaking to the utility companies or sorting out the council tax or you know all these little bits and pieces that come with with having property um getting to the stage where you can actually just let go and say well what is my role as this property investor is actually quite a challenging yeah. uh, prospect and I'm not sure at what point someone needs to do that. But it's probably it kicks in pretty early, right? Because I guess when you think of it like that, like hiring a builder is outsourcing and not not doing the the, the project yourself, and you know mm-hmm. all that, and, and using a broker as opposed to you know trying to go around calling all the lens. So I guess in a sense we're outsourcing from from day one, but it's getting into that mindset and taking that a little bit further, isn't it? Yes. Well, I'm always keen to say, well, your only roles as a professional investor should be finding the deals, assessing the deals, raising the money for the deal, and that's it. That's that's pretty much those three little steps. Find it, analyze it, raise the money for it. That's it. Um, And uh, I would say that um, the first flip for me was, uh, when I mean flip, I mean changing my mindset, was when um, I was getting bogged down in lots of admin. Yeah. And... You know, Nick was always saying, we need we need a PA, we need an assistant. I was like, no, this is too complicated to like explain all the different companies I and all the different time to reach out someone how to do all of this. That, yeah. I think that was it, is I don't have the time to sit yeah. down and go through all of this. Yeah. And then that bedding in period of them getting to find their feet and that it's just quicker for me to do it myself. Yeah. And it took two years, Mark, two years for me to come to the realization that maybe he was onto something there. <laughs> and then when we got Catherine in, it was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I should have done this years ago. 
Um, so that was probably the first moment. And then I heard someone talk about high value tasks and low value tasks. Now, this has been, again, life changing when I find myself being busy doing something. It's like, is this task making me money or is it just a sort of fluffy, admin yeah. just rubbish? Is it not making me any money? Yeah. And then that that's quite a good way to to break it down, isn't it? So anything from, you know, and this, this is going to sound precious, but cleaning your own house, for example, is that high value task, low value task? Well, it's a necessity unless you want to live in mm. a ton of dust and chaos, mm. which my yeah. house would definitely be, you know, paying someone 14 pounds an hour mm. uh, for four hours a week, that is really sensible use of your time because those well, for, for a start, I wouldn't spend four hours a week cleaning, but, you know, that four hours that you've bought back, you could actually use to to make more more money. So just even on the simple, simple things, um, yeah. recognizing the value of maybe one day a week paying someone to walk the dogs yeah. so that, again, you could be doing viewings and all the little things that take up your most valuable commodity, your time. Could you pay someone to do that? We had that conversation actually, Caroline and I last not not yourself, my wife Caroline uh, last night about um, we're in a pretty busy period. We've got got uh, a lot going on, projects on the go, etc. And, and it was just like actually, you know, having having lived on uh, takeaways and, um, and and eating out for the last two weeks because we've never got any food in the cupboard. You know, do we need to do online shopping and and just exactly like that, just looking at. So I know we're going down a tangent here, but it's actually how you outsource your life because it's about it's about placing a value on your time, isn't it? And when you look at it in terms of the high value tasks, it's like, well, you know, effectively, what do I bill my time out as hypothetically? And yes. therefore, is there, you know, could I be could I be generating income with my time as opposed to using that time for non income generating tasks, I guess? Yeah. I think that shop, the online shopping is a great example because I've got a friend that says, oh, I never do online shopping. I like to go in and pick my fruit. <laughs> and uh, again, it's that trust issue, like someone else is not going to pick the fruit that I would pick. But if you think about how much time you spend walking around a supermarket on a weekly or monthly basis, yeah. and then the, the petrol to get there, the petrol to get back, the time for packing the shopping at checkout, unpacking when you get home. Oh, I mean, seriously, that is a lot of time that you could just go click, 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 choose my favorites. It's getting delivered and it's one unpack when it's delivered. You pay your £1.50, done. Um, oh. yeah. And it's what? an easy trap to fall in when you add that on to all of the recurring tasks that begin to mount up when you launch a property business, regardless of your strategy. Some are more hands-on than others and some have more moving pieces than others, but... Um, when you add that all together, it is really easy to realize you've just written off a week in terms of moving your business forwards because you've spent so much time just running it and, and ticking it along and doing all of those sort of regular tasks, those recurring tasks that aren't necessarily driving the business forwards. And as you say, sourcing new deals and, and raising money. And you can get weeks and months can go past in the blink of an eye. And, and you think, you know, you it's, and that, for me, I think, I guess that would be my first piece of advice to people would be to get into the mindset of outsourcing and start outsourcing potentially even sooner than you think you need to. Mm. Like, I, I would be the same. I, I, I would have outsourced a lot earlier in the process, I think, um, because 
that overwhelm can kick in very quickly and without warning. And before you realize it, you genuinely have trouble or have, have difficulty finding the time to create whatever training manuals or, or whatever for your VAs or your PAs. And you're just stuck then in that vicious cycle, aren't you? Yeah, I know. I think what, what holds people back is maybe not just the lack of trust, but actually the cost. Yeah. People are like, oh, I don't want to spend money on a PA. That's yeah. £20 pounds an hour or whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't think my business can afford that yet. Now, that's a really famous trap to fall into, isn't it? The cost, 100%. cost, 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 cost. Yeah. But when you actually look at it about the cost that it's taking yeah. Yeah. from your time, um, yeah, that's it's a difficult one to get out of that, though, isn't it? That mm. whole well, the cost of the cost of paying someone to do something that you're quite capable of doing. It's not yeah. about ability or anything like that. It's, it's more about prioritizing high value tasks over low value tasks. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I've, I've um, we're looking at taking on another VA to um, manage and drive our sort of social media marketing and that side of things. Um, and, I'm I'm quite precious around uh, how things are worded and how our business is presented to the outside world and that sort of thing. And it is a real, it's a difficult one to let go of. But I, I, I think my mindset to outsourcing has changed a little bit as well in terms of it's tempting to think that I'll outsource the stuff that I'm, I'm no good at or I'm rubbish at or I can't do. Hmm. But that's also going to mean it's very difficult for you to train somebody else to do that and, and to know whether they're doing a good job and to measure it. Whereas actually, it makes kind of makes more sense to outsource the stuff that you know, in, like you can do, but yeah. you don't want to do. And then you can train because, uh, you know, I don't know what your experience has been, but certainly ours has been that a, a, a VA in particular um, is only going to be as good as the, the training that you're able to provide. Um, and so actually training them in something that you know how to do is is a good starting point because you can then offload that off your plate. I know. And I think that's, again, the trap, isn't it? The trap mm. of, well, if I can do it, like they're not going to be able to do it as good as I am. Or they won't have as much care factor yeah. as, as what I have. Yeah. Um, or and just because you can do it. Like I, I, I can build websites just through just through stuff I've done in the past. And it's so therefore it's really tempting to think, well, I can do that, so I will do. I'll save us a bit of money, and I'll do that. And then, and what happens is I'll get drawn into it, and I'll get really obsessed with it, and I'll spend you know ten hours a day for a week just tinkering with this website to end up with something that is probably no better actually than someone, some designer I could have paid on Fiverr um, to actually produce it for me. So, yeah, yeah. there's lots, of, there's lots of really useful people out there desperate. And keen yeah. to take on stuff that maybe we can do or we think we can do, but maybe someone else can do better. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, Fiverr is a great, great example. Um, yeah. I've used Fiverr a few times now. I'm even outsourcing writing my book. Okay. <laughs> In fairness, I have been writing my book for about three years now. And uh, they write it, but I basically can't be bothered to read it. So... You know, the editing and reading of it is the thing that's holding me back, but it's literally written. But again, it's that I've read the first quite, chapter. Quite literally not a page turner at the moment. Not a page turner because I'm like, oh, God, I know what that book's about. I'm not bothered about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I um, read the first chapter, didn't like a few ways that he'd worded things. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll leave that for later. And, you, know, but, you 
know, again, prioritizing, just literally outsource everything. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, you're seeing the world is getting more in tune with that, with, you know, you can have meals, even gusto and what's it, ready fresh or whatever it's called, where it delivers all your ingredients literally to make that one dish to the yeah. point where it's like the right amount of pepper and salt that goes into it. That's, that's really clever yeah. um, business model there. But yeah, it's Fiverr. Where else can we get people to, to help us outsource? People per hour I've used a lot. So for sort of one-off tasks, um, yeah. but again, stuff that, could, that, that you could really get bogged down in, like creating logos, um, flyers for, um, I don't know, it might be a direct-to-vendor strategy or something like that, or some marketing material, producing websites. If you just need a basic eight-page WordPress website. I mean, there are some pretty talented people out there for amazingly little money. You, you can, with a good, decent brief, you can get that produced to a high level very easily um, for those one-off tasks. And then, so recurring stuff, I mean, so was it Catherine? You said, is she a PA, VA? She is a virtual assistant, but she has a team of other assistants okay. around, around her supporting cool. her. She's growing her own business as well. Yeah. Um, and, and a budding property investor. She is, in fact, a PWS student. Okay. So she, she's UK-based then? So she's UK based. Yep. She's actually not far from us. Um, yeah. And yeah, she, I, I, I probably have met her in the number of years that she's um, been helping us probably twice because most of it can be done. We've got a WhatsApp, a WhatsApp group um, and yeah. we've got an email address. And, you know, the big thing for me was just, I think the turning point was when I got another email from a letting agent talking about a boiler, either repair or replacement and I thought I've no idea if that boiler was replaced recently or not because the wheels have come off on my admin and it's all just getting too much I know I should be more organized than I am you know and then I'm self-loathing and thinking I think these letting agents might be like running rings around me and I wouldn't even know and yeah. so that's like, right Catherine control all the letting agents have like systems that tell you when I replaced a boiler when a repair was taken out so we we can then know if we're being ripped off <laughs> like uh Renewal of certificates and insurances yeah. And, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Somebody yeah. has to do that, and it takes time, you know, particularly as you grow. Um, yeah, so that, that that makes sense. And it's a, another route that I think is a very popular one, certainly something we're looking at for for our, our social media um, side of things is recruiting from VAs overseas. Yeah. Um, so that this, this is an interesting process we're involved in at the moment, looking to recruit um a va probably from the philippines and again this this might be something that just sounds completely alien to people coming fresh into this process but i think you know once you exactly like you said once you realize that actually the vast majority of this you don't have to be physically present in the business you know this can be done with the communication tools we've got our literally at our fingertips these days um you know we can communicate all around the world in a split second yeah. and the value of this is what really is attracting us the value of uh, a va in the philippines compared to uk staff and we have uk staff as well and i would i would swear by that in certain scenarios but for purely remote stuff i mean you can get some again extremely professional speak perfect english great yeah. communication skills very loyal you know and and for i can get a full-time va for what i'd get you know for a fraction of hours in this country 
Yeah. So it's it's um you know there there's there's a, it's it's an industry that's playing catch up, but there's there is a lot of ways now I think for us to to outsource, and it's becoming more and more um, prevalent, isn't it? It's becoming more and more common for people to do that. Yeah, and and the thing about having a VA that knows your businesses, mm. they they then can help in things in your in your house in your life as well. That maybe again. Let's face it, life admin is horrible to deal with. And it's something that you put low down as your priority and yeah. you're never going to get around to. And then you miss things and, oh, you know, so just like even things like, oh, can you get in touch with a counsellor and sort out another recycle bin? Like yeah. that takes effort and energy to find the phone numbers, stay online, on hold. and I, I would much rather pay someone that is very able to do that to just take that to-do list and and, and nail it off. Yeah, um, it, yeah, just all the little things in your life as well as 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 your business. So I'm trying to think of all the stuff that you, I mean, uh, outsource. And using the builder is a brilliant experience uh, example yeah. because how many students do we have that are in the trades and yeah. start doing all the refurbs on their first one or two properties and then realize they're moving mm. really, really slowly because all their time is being sucked into doing that refurb when they could be out filling their their deal funnel you know viewing yeah. viewing more more stock and the de- the deal funnel itself the the, the admin and uh, the administration of your deal funnel because if you're anything like me if you go out and do 10 viewings in a day i've forgotten the first one by the end of the day completely <laughs> gone and so being able to sort of have a system where you know, you've maybe got a VA working in the background, as it were, that can keep track of all this in a spreadsheet. You know, they can keep track of when you last contacted the agent to follow up. So we say the deal's always in the follow up, but pretty quickly, sounds like a nice problem to have, but pretty quickly that that becomes quite a big beast that you can easily, and the deal is in the follow up because of the discipline to do that and the organization to do that. Yeah. So it's having a process, and and a lot of that can be outsourced. You don't have to be doing that yourself. I know one of Nick's fav- most favorite books is The Four Hour Work Week. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you like that too, um, and he pretty much uses that in our marriage. I'm pretty sure it's like the four hour marriage. It's Carol- a dangerous read. That I think Caroline always knows when I've been reading Four Hour Work Week because I'm suddenly on a mission again to, you know, outsource everything. But yeah. <laughs> It's like, I will not respond to that email until 9 p.m. tonight or whatever it is. It's like, okay. Um, But I I recognize that one of my weaknesses is I am very much a slave to, um, I like WhatsApp as opposed to email, but I'm a slave to it. It's like when somebody messaged me, I want to be instantly back on it. Yeah. And and I do need to, you know, control that. Yeah. Um, Because that's, you know, and as long as you can recognize, that's self-awareness, isn't it? Just recognizing what your the traps you fall into are that busy for the sake of being busy and then you're like look, look look how busy I am I'm doing so much and then when you actually sit down and look at it it's like actually you've not really done a huge amount at all we know what we need to be doing but but sometimes it's you know we're all we're all human we all fall into those traps and I know that I'm at my best when I I do I know I know we're drifting into time management here but I know I'm at my best when I do um plan out my week in quite a lot of detail and I, I, I stick to that. And so I will not be pulled into another task if I'm on something else, for example. Um, and, and that extends to home life as well. So, you know, when, when I, and it sounds, um, it sounds very sort of callous, but when uh, family time is scheduled, you know, 
but it's it's important, isn't it? Because that gives me um, it gives me a reason, gives me an excuse to close the laptop, put the phone away, and say no, that's not what I'm doing. Right, I'm not on that right now. Mm. Whereas otherwise, you can get permanently tied to your phone, and you realise you're not mentally present when yeah. you should be. Um, yeah. And yet, there are plenty of times when I fall out of the habit of scheduling my week and uh, and drift in and out of it. So yeah, we, we know what we need to do. That doesn't mean to say we always do it. <laughs> so you schedule family time. Wow. That is really detailed. I know when I, when I'm really on it, I, it's, it's I guess it's difficult. It's, it's when you've got like a, a period of time when I'm, I'm, I'm between projects. Like when you're in a project, I'm up and down site visits, everything is so up in the air. You could argue it's even more important to do it then, but it's so difficult to then pin down a routine but when yeah. I'm in a routine and I set that sort of schedule, yeah, absolutely. You might say, right, between whatever, five and eight o'clock, that is, you know, I'm not, I'm not checking in on anything during that time and, and trying to be as like disciplined as possible not to get drawn into, not yeah. to get drawn into anything else. Um, wow. I, I, maybe it comes down to the personality type as well, right? Because um, I, I have known students in the past that, um, you know, they're financially secure, they've left their job, they are a property investor, and then they're like, oh, really, I really need to get some work done today. I need, I, I, I need, to, I need to do some work. And I'm thinking, what, what, what do you need to do? What, what, what do you possibly need to do? Yeah. Um, and uh, this is why I'm loving commercial property at the moment is because I literally see a commercial property advertised. It doesn't matter who the agent is. I literally take a photograph of it, WhatsApp it to the guy, um, my commercial agent, and say, can you get us in here? And then he's then the one contacting, arranging diaries, telling me about it, getting all the background information. I'm like, this is brilliant. Yeah. Commercial is so good for that. Yeah. Um, and so literally my my work, if you like, is you know e either going around my investment area, which, you know, nine times out of 10 I'm living in, and, and taking photographs of stuff. That looks interesting. What's going on there? get him to do all the work for me. Yeah. Um, but that whole, I need to do some work, I need to do some work. I'm thinking, what? I don't really know what, what they're doing. Yeah. What, what are they actually sitting? Because again, it's that sitting down at a laptop. And my brother, he needs routine. He needs that going to an office every day thing. Yeah. He needs that. That's when I have my lunch thing. But that's why, uh, and maybe it just works for me and my personality type, but that's why I... I think it works for me to plan out family time because otherwise I, I have that little bit of it's almost an, an entrepreneur's guilt, isn't it? Or a self-employed person's guilt. I should be doing something. I, should be, I, I shouldn't just be sat around, you know, whereas actually if you know you've ticked off your task during the day and then you've gone, this is family time, then you're giving yourself uh, a break and you're giving yourself a reason to actually switch off from that. And you can feel then that you're not doing it with any sense of guilt that, Oh, I should be working or I should be moving things forwards. Yeah, I'm a massive fan of to-do lists. I'm a list person, um, but I'm a night owl. So I recognize that I will not be able to sleep at night if that there's stuff left on the to-do list that I could have done that day. Whereas yeah. Nick, he's more a morning person. He doesn't do to-do lists. He just like sort of takes his time, makes sure every, everything is absolutely correct before he does it. Whereas I'm like, bang, 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 bang. Doesn't matter if it's not perfect, just get it done. And yeah. so come five o'clock, he's like, that's me done. Don't speak to me about anything. Mm. And I'm still like running at 100 miles an hour at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. So yeah, we, we, 
drive each other nuts in that sense but that that you know that way that you work and the way that you respond best if you can recognize that and then think right well I'll need to have someone helping me with those elements otherwise I'm going to drive myself potty yeah um so yeah. you you've talked about trust and letting go and um and and giving control back so how did you decide so the team that you've got that you yeah. outsourced to how yeah. did you decide that you were prepared to do that in the sense that you know what did what what did your vetting process look like how did you choose who mm. you outsourced to and what what did you ask them i guess so i guess well the, it was the turning point was when i thought god the letting agents are all like emailing me and i'm just mm. always saying yes 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 and they're not tracking it so that was the turning point then it was i actually know catherine through family yeah Weirdly, she's like my mum's cousin's daughter or something. You know, we've got very big families up here in Scotland. Um, so um, it was actually at my granddad's funeral. She was there and she was telling me how she'd set up this new business. And I was like, oh, I've always been told that I need one of a VA, but I don't trust anyone. But your family, therefore, maybe I could trust you. <laughs> but then there was a part of me that was like, don't tell family what I'm up to. That would maybe be even worse. <laughs> um, so that's how it started. So there was no real vetting. I didn't have Catherine pitted against other people. And I guess that's maybe just because of that family connection. Um, and she came around. We talked through everything that we've got. She had lots and lots of notes and, and papers. And then she was like, right, I, I, so have you got, she asked me if we had systems for this, that, and the other. And we were, no, we don't have systems for any of that. So I think, you know, she, internally she's thinking, holy moly, yeah. if I take on a, a couple of complete. <laughs> Initial pain at the beginning where, you know, she's trying to find her feet. She's trying to get her head around everything. You're, you're, you know, not really sure well, does she have, have have a handle on that now? Can I let that go? So there is that that that's you'll know that stage at the beginning. Um, I didn't need to train her because she's already she's very proficient in what she's done. She was she was a PA to like the CEO in Standard Life or whatever. So you know there was no training necessarily. It was just getting to know us, getting mm. to know our business. And I think she now has got a handle on the fact that there's no point in her sending me the invoice to pay her. She literally pays herself. Yeah. So um, <laughs> she does the admin to pay herself because I would never get around to doing that either. Um, so she's understood the way that we work and got a handle on that. So for example, she started with emails with lots of instructions. Can you please do this? Can you please do that? She knew after a very short time that they were totally ignored. And so WhatsApp was like urgent at the top. Nick Clayton, do this. Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> and so we know that if a whatsapp comes then we need to really action it there and there yeah um so the it, it's worked out really well um and you know we're, we're now rolling out more responsibilities and giving more to Catherine because we feel like we're, we're in capable capable hands so more involved in running let's say um Linwood House she'll be involved in, in Stafford Street and helping with the manager for the hotels so she's an integral part obviously to the business, but there's one massive flaw here that if Catherine's hit by a bus, mm. what the hell happens? Yeah. <laughs> but she's got that covered too. Um, she tells us about her succession planning. If anything was to happen, there's passwords all protected and saved away and her team would know how to run things if anything happened unforeseen. 
that uh, everything was was looked after. So I guess those are the key elements: is the trust, the training, the the getting to know each other, and how best you work together. With each other, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then if something was to happen, how how would the handover happen, and how would that work? What would that look like, mm. so that everyone's protected and happy? Yeah. Uh, in the case of an emergency. That's really interesting because we've we've gone about things in a completely different way, uh, sort of ended up back in at the same place again. But it was interesting when you say what what's your succession planning and how would that work out? So what we so we took on a full time member of staff for our service accommodation business um, over a year ago. And um, the way that so that was more of a formal sort of um, recruitment process and, and yeah. interview process to a degree. Um, and the way I approached the, the sort of onboarding and the training side of it was I, I essentially spent two weeks having, having at that stage I was running the business myself and I was definitely in that place of, well, nobody knows this as well as me and I've got all these little, little tricks and these little things that only I would know about. Um, and what I did is I spent two weeks basically with a notepad and pen next to me at all times. And anytime I did anything, I mean anything like write an email, whatever, I would just write it down in my list. So I ended up with this long list of, of stuff that I did every day, like my general tasks, checking in on pricing, you know, paying a cleaner, what, whatever it might be, I, I wrote it down. I then spent the next roughly the next two weeks again, I think, basically every time I needed to do those tasks and I did need to do them. It's not like I had to set aside two weeks of my life to create a training manual. Every time I actually physically had to do them, I just recorded myself doing it. And it was nothing glossy, nothing. It's literally my voice in the background recorded over QuickTime or something saying, right now, then you click that and then you go there and then you put that in there and then that's how you do that. Thank you. But I, what I ended up with, with minimal effort because I was doing it anyway, was I ended up with a pretty good coverage of all the routine tasks, video from the horse's mouth, this is how you do it, basically. Yeah. And then all I got to do is share logins and everything else. Now, the good thing about that was it was a great – my onboarding was really simple. I was like I put it all on a Google Classroom, and yeah. I said, here's the login to the Google Classroom. Go watch those videos this week watch them in the order that I've put them on there and then we'll meet on Friday. If you've got any questions, we'll go through it. And, yeah. and the vast majority of it was pretty straightforward. But in many ways, what I most like about that is the lifetime value of it. Yeah. Because that member of staff is no longer with us. We're now recruiting a new member of staff. Yes, it needs a little bit of refreshing and updating, but I've for, you know, a bit of effort, I've now yeah. got the resource that effectively is our manual on how to run our business. Um, and that means that ultimately, let's say this new manager we take on, if we continue to grow and scale, she could use that resource to train her people that work for her kind of thing. Brilliant. Uh, so I guess this is the difference, right, between your model is you're effectively having an employee full time. Yeah. Whereas Catherine for us is kind of pay as you go. Yes. Um, what we use, we pay for. Um so, yeah, that's a very different offering on preparation and recruiting and training, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it started it started part-time. So it did start off on a sort of part-time self-employed role, but it but that is definitely a uh, a position within our business. Yeah, as, as opposed. But actually, bolt what becomes easy then is to bolt on your social media VA or your yeah. 
SEO, website, VA, and, and, and find all the people with those specific skill sets to sort of bolt into that once you've built your, your team. That's kind of how we're approaching it, I think. Brilliant. So, um, but it, yeah, it's just, it gives you that, that resource then that has real lifetime value. And you could argue, not that we've got any, um, any plans uh, anytime soon to be selling the business, but in a way you're adding to the, um, to, the, to the intellectual property and to the value of the business, aren't you? Literally someone could pick that up as yeah. an accommodation business and run it. Yeah, business you, in a box, there it is, done. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no, I think so. I, I think the, the outcome of this episode that I, I'm hoping we've managed to get across is, is, is actually going full circle back to that mindset shift. I think that's, yeah. that's where we're starting out. And um, I, I know that whenever I'm mentoring a student, for example, and I find out that they've got building experience or DIY experience, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, because you know what the temptation's going to be, and and to be honest, I now had that I had that off at the pass, and I say, right, you are not going to be doing the refurb. You know, <laughs> it comes back to what you said about you know placing a value on your time and recognizing what tasks you should be prioritizing because there will be people. Ah, so here's the other thing: hiring people better than you are. Yes. There will be people out there who actually get over yourself are better at this than you are. I might think I'm okay at websites. I guarantee you I'm pretty bang average at websites. There are plenty of people out there who will do a better job than me. So it's not just letting go of control. It's letting go of your ego. Yeah. Oh, Richard Branson's big on this. Like, I'm sure I read in one of the books I've read recently is about you should be the weakest person in your business. And I, I, I've been mulling that over, over and over because it's like, well, if you're the weakest person in the business, then, and, and what it really means is that while you're the innovator and the driver behind the business, actually you want to be hiring people way, way better than you in everything. Yeah, um, right. And and yeah, that's when you talk about your tax account, you know, your accountant, your tax advisor, your broker, like these guys know that stuff better than we should. I mean, we are property investors. That's what we're, we can analyze deals. We can see yeah. if a deal stacks up or not. We know yeah. how to finance and structure it. But beyond that, we literally know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I- it is. It's the, it's the hive mind, isn't it? It's, it's, tap, it's creating a hive mind around you so that you, you don't have to know how to do every single aspect of of this property journey you just need to know someone that does know that and and find a way to engage motivate lead yeah that's really your job isn't it your team captain yeah that's it and I I do think there's a lot of people that just on our our recent project that I'm looking at going oh my god I'm spending thousands of pounds constantly QS over there and a planning consultant over there and a structural engineer over there and all this money going out and you're like I wouldn't be able to do that anyway. So it's worth just spending the money to get these specialists. You know, somebody like a planning consultant who knows how the council thinks, knows exactly what they're looking for, knows exactly how to play the game because it's totally a game. You know, that's that is worth having. Um, while you know how to get, you know, an architect's drawings up and all of that stuff and just submit it, that, that it might need more than that, right? And someone who really knows the the veins of the network within let's say the council or or pricing a job or whatever it is, is, is invaluable to, to help you. And it's funny, isn't it? You, you, it gets quite addictive, doesn't it? You, you, you've clearly even sort of taken that to another level and actually like outsourcing your, 
your life and your personal stuff as well. And once you start going down that rabbit hole, it's what else can I outsource? What else can I not do this week? Um, and it's quite an addictive kind of uh, kind of process once you get into it. And I guess that that's like next step. So for anyone who's 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 buying the ticket on what we're saying here, next steps probably a bit like I did the training manu- manual would be just just write down everything you do for the next week. Like work out what is taking your headspace and your energy and write it down and almost keep it like a diary and think, right, first of all, yeah, would I, should I be doing that if I'm the CEO of a company? Is that, is that, is that anything to do with raising money or finding deals? Yeah. If not, it's potentially a task that you could or should outsource. Yeah. I know I've got to be phoning Scottish Power about my house bills, right? I know I've got to be doing that. But I'm just like, that's just not something that I'm yeah. prioritizing as running yeah. this this show here. Yeah. Um, but if you think about solicitors, they have to write down literally everything they do, don't they? Billable hours. Yeah, exactly. Let's get everyone yeah. to do their billable hours. Like, what mm-hmm. could they actually put down as money making or, yeah. or, or what? You know, and I think and, it would be an eye opener for a lot of people. Yeah, I realize, yeah, emptying the dishwasher. And so, so when you say I haven't got time, you know, it's like I want to invest in property, but I'm really struggling because I haven't got time. Yes, Let's see how much time you can buy back. You know, when you actually start outsourcing some of those tasks, and yeah, there might be a small cost attached to that, but it's like we always say, it's the cost of a shovel when you're you're digging for gold, isn't it? What yeah. can you free up? Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't a big reader, so I always read. Oh, I, I don't really read. I don't really read. Well, now Audible's around. Guess what? While I'm driving the car, I'm reading a book. Well, I wonder where you were going to go with that for a second. I thought. I thought Catherine was reading to you at, at, at night, <laughs> reading your bedtime story. I haven't got time for this. Speak. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> interesting. We've got Alexas in both the boys' rooms now. So if I'm really short on time, I'm like, guys. Uh, what book do you want to listen to tonight? <laughs> That's bedtime reading for the kids. Sorted. Just get just get Alexa to read to them. Sorted. You didn't want to be admitting that live on the podcast, did you? <laughs> <laughs> what other parenting things can I outsource? <laughs> Brilliant. Well, fantastic. Thank you. Always a pleasure to catch up, Caroline. Thank you so much for that. And um, hopefully, we've given people some ideas and some inspiration on outsourcing. And um, yeah, let's see. Let's see where people run with it. Thank you so much for that. Take care. Take care, Caroline. See you. As entrepreneurs and business owners, it is all too easy for us to fall into the trap of working in your business when you should be working on your business. Learning to outsource efficiently is one way to start buying back your time so that you can spend that time working on high value tasks within your business and the important things in life. The best way to do this and to learn how to do this is to surround yourself with like-minded people. A great starting point would be to join us over on the Property Wealth System community on Facebook. You might also want to check out our YouTube channel. Just search Property Wealth System and hit subscribe so that you never miss an update. Don't forget to like and follow or subscribe to This Property Life wherever you usually access your podcast content. Thanks again for listening and I will catch you on the next episode.